Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, fine. boys and girls, welcome back to another episode hey, everything's of fine. Everything's Fine. I am your host, as always, Kyle Pagan. We have a great episode for you today. Do we have Phillies guys? Are we talking Sixers? Are we talking Flyers? No, no, no. Are we talking Eagles? No. We have a little bit of a different interview. Something I want to, I like to highlight, like different things. I don't want to just talk about sports all the time. Like it's just, it's, I don't know, nauseating is not the right word, but it's, you know, it can get boring. What, what do you want to talk about right now? Whatever else is talking about? No, we're different. That's why you come here. You listen to this podcast because we're different. We've got Armani White. Who's Armani White? You'll know about him. He is a rapper, up and coming rapper out of West Philadelphia. And I'm not, and not like when I'm, when you say up and coming, it's like, yo, Kyle, your podcast, that's like up and coming. No, my podcast is up. It's up on like iTunes and Spotify. One day it, I hope it's, it's coming. I hope it becomes up and coming. Armani White is legitimately up and coming. He's got like over 5 million streams on, on Spotify and Apple music. He's performed at made in America, Red Rocks. He's been on stage with big Sean, big crit, uh, Pharrell's played his stuff. Zane Lowe from Beats One has played his stuff. He's an independent artist, which is awesome. Just a really cool interview, something different that I think you guys will love. So check it out. But before we get into that, I do want to talk a little bit of sports about you because I know I want to give you some sports fix after a long weekend. I am recording this on Saturday. If something crazy happens, if that Chinese rocket falls on Sidney's Bank Park or, 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 or knocks out a small child in, uh, in the Wells Fargo Center, I apologize. You know, Mother's Day's tomorrow. I was recording this early, trying to be a good son. So I want to talk a little bit about the NFC East divisional odds. A little gambling for you on a Monday. I want to do a quick preview. Now that the draft is over, we've kind of fleshed out free agency and whatnot. There's probably going to be still moves being made. Nothing huge. Maybe the Eagles go get a cornerback. Maybe the Cowboys get a nose tackle. Maybe, maybe the Reds. The Red Washington football team gets a quarterback. Who knows? But let's get into it. Cowboys plus 125. Should they win the division? Yes. They also should have won the division since 2012. They've been favorites in 2016, 17, 19, 20. And the only time they've shown a division championship, 2016. They've got the highest over-under win total in the division at nine and a half. Remember, we're doing 17 games this year. It's going to mess, it's going to mess you up. It's going to mess me up. I understand. It looks ugly. Ten and seven looks ugly. Uh, let's talk first about the offense. It's going to be a juggernaut, or it should be a juggernaut. Last year, Dak Prescott was on pace for 6,700 yards before his injury. 6,700 yards. Now, obviously, they were playing from behind. Those numbers would have been coming crashing back down to earth, but... Another year with CeeDee Lamb, another year with Amari Cooper, another year with Michael Gallup. Don't know who running back one is over there. Zeke seems to get paid and just not care anymore. But when he was with CeeDee Lamb last year, Dak and him connected for six receptions. These are averages. Six receptions on eight targets for 87 yards. And the only two games that CD had with 100-plus yards were with Dak. And that was the first two games out of four. And the crazy thing about CD is he had 74 catches for 935 yards last year with four different quarterbacks. And I'm not talking like good quarterbacks like Ben DiNucci, Garrett Gilbert, and, and Andy Dalton. And I feel like that rookie campaign, like if we're, in, if we're sitting here in Philly, we would definitely take that rookie campaign. But I feel like it was just overshadowed by Justin Jefferson last year. Now the offensive line, and I feel like I do this too, where like I just kind of pencil them in being like a top five offensive line in the NFL when you just look at it on paper, but they're really not. Like Tyron Smith hasn't been able to be healthy in like five years. Zach Martin's obviously played out of his mind per usual. Uh, obviously, uh, Frederick retired last year. Lyle Collins was out for the whole season. But the Cowboys quarterbacks last year were sacked 33 times, which was ninth worst in the NFL. And then conversely, the defense. Everybody knows how bad the defense was last year. It allowed the most total yards and points in franchise history. Second worst rushing defense in yards last year. So what do the Cowboys do? They use eight of their 11 picks on defensive guys. Filled up all the holes, didn't they? Did they? You know, Michael Parsons at 12. Yeah, I understand it. But Rashawn Slater at 12, I understand that too. You know, they also didn't get a nose tackle to stop the run. Their first four rounds, they went linebacker, cornerback, defensive lineman, and edge. They've already got a plethora of edge guys. They got a bunch of linebackers. They already got Trayvon Diggs and they drafted three other cornerbacks. So it's like, yeah, I guess they filled holes 
Are you really going to rely on rookies in a Dan Quinn defense to fill up those holes first year at plus 125 to win the division? I mean, I told you all the other times they've been division favorites and they've only been successful one out of those four times. So going forward in the future, yeah, I think they'll be in a better position than they are this year, but I just, I don't see it at plus 125. I don't think there's enough value to really put on the Cowboys to spend a hundred hours to win just $125. Like I, I don't know. That wouldn't be my pick. The Washington football team, they're plus 260. Ron Rivera, I mean, best years in Carolina were built on a great defense. That 15-1 and one Panthers team had six first-team All-Pros, which is tied for the most All-Pros in the 2010s. They signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, got better on the wide receiver side with Curtis Samuel, signed William Jackson III at cornerback. It feels like Ryan Fitzpatrick could actually be their quarterback for this year and next year. Like, obviously, if he sucks this year, they'll, they'll let him walk. But if he has kind of a moderately good season, they're going to bring him back. They're in, they're in a rush to get a franchise quarterback, but they didn't trade up for Trey Lance. They didn't trade up for Justin Fields when they could have. They didn't even try to trade up for, for Mac Jones. And, and they were okay missing on Kyle Trask, who a lot of people had them pegged for. So, I, And I feel like a lot of people look at Ryan Fitzpatrick and they think there's no way Washington can win this division. But like this team won seven games last year after Dwayne Haskins started one in five. One in five. And their coach was getting chemo treatments during the week. And Alex Smith comes in, goes five and one. Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than Alex Smith. Alex Smith was on one leg last year. So here's the case for Ryan Fitzpatrick. If I told you over the last two seasons, he had a better QBR than Deshaun Watson, would you believe me? Probably not, but it's true. He sandwiched in Russell Wilson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Deshaun Watson, which is crazy to think about. And Deshaun Watson had a great year last year, so you can't even say that like Bill O'Brien traded all his pieces away because he still led the league in yards. So Fitzpatrick goes four and three last year. He played a lot of a, a mop-up duty closer role after Tua came in after the seventh game last year. His uh, QBR last year was 74, so that would be tied with Jalen Hurts, two points above Dave, Daniel Jones, and then uh, Dak led the NFC East with uh, 84. Um, he only played 10 games, but he was seventh in completion percentage. He's obviously careless with the ball. That's been his thing since his rookie year, even in college. But he was top 20 in QB rating and top five in QBR last year. It's not like they're getting a stiff at quarterback for Washington and their biggest holes were filled. Pause. They drafted Sam Cosme, left tackle in the second round, and they traded for Eric Flowers. So Rivera seems to want to build his offensive line like his defensive line. Kind of like Howie Roseman drafted this year. So it can't all be sunshine and rainbows. So here we go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. This is the case against Ryan Fitzpatrick. He'll be playing against entirely different defenses in the NFC East than he did in the AFC East. Listen to some of these numbers. The Bills, Patriots, and Jets were in the bottom half of the league in sacks, even though the Jets and the Bills were at the top of the league in blitz percentage. So percentage of plays that the teams blitzed. The Eagles and Giants were top 12 in sacks. Dallas was at number 20, while being in the bottom half of blitz percentage. I believe the Eagles called a blitz on 20% of plays, and they were third in the league in sacks, which is insane production from, from Fletcher Cox and the boys. Fitzmagic wasn't sacked, he wasn't knocked down, and he wasn't pressured like he'll be in the NFCs. Alex Smith last year was pressured 30% of the time, Kyle Allen 25% of the time, and Dwayne Haskins 22% of the time. Last year, I would say Fitz had a line that's a lot alike Washington's this year. It'll be interesting to see a 38-year-old kind of stack up against defensive lines that he hasn't seen probably in his whole career. But regardless of that, plus 260, that's, it's too good and it's too much of a complete team not to put money on. This is my pick for the NFC East, and I know nobody has repeated since 2004, the Eagles. But I actually do think with everything that happened last year, Dwayne Haskins, Ron Rivera, this, this defense got even better with first-round pick Jameen Davis and William Jackson the third. Curtis Samuel just add another wrinkle to that offense. Like, it, this is just the most complete team that, that the NFC East should run through Washington. But plowing ahead, Giants 4-1 to one right now, 31st in scoring offense last year, and we're an Eagles tanking away from the playoffs at 6-10. and 10. Do you imagine the winner of the division was going to be six and 10 at one point? They won the free agency headlines, signed a Dory Jackson, signed Kenny Galladay, re-signed Leonard Williams. They drafted Gadarius Tony after trading back and defensive end Aziz Ojulari, I'm going to say. Saquon, obviously coming back. This one's going to be a quick one because it starts and it ends with Daniel Jones. For all the unfair shakes that Sam Donald got, Daniel Jones got the exact opposite in fair shakes. Like they, they have to figure out what they have in him this year. 
this team, like I said, went six and 10 last year for a reason. The defense is better. The offense will be better, but the, it's the worst QB in the division. He's not going to win it. So I basically think if you take this four to one, though, there is value there. And I see how you can talk yourself into it with the offense, with Kyle Rudolph, Saquon coming back, Kenny Galladay. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't see the Giants competing. I, I, I don't believe in Joe Judge probably either. I don't believe in Joe Judge either. So the, the most important position in the NFL is quarterback for a reason, and Daniel Jones isn't getting it done. So moving along to the Eagles. The Eagles with the worst odds in the division at plus 450, but they have the highest odds to win the division of a team that is projected to finish last. Hope that makes sense. They traded Carson Wentz, obviously. They drafted Javante Smith, obviously. Didn't draft a cornerback to the fourth round, which I think confused a lot of people. But how he came out and said, hey, they're going to build through the defensive line and the offensive line, just like they did when they won the Super Bowl. On paper, they're returning one of the best offensive lines when healthy. Carson Wentz was the most sacked quarterback in the league last year. They also had the most offensive alignments in league history on the O-line last year. The wide receiver core was terrible. They had the third fewest receiving yards in the NFL last year. And the biggest question is Jalen Hurts, probably the third best quarterback in this division, honestly. And the numbers aren't good. I know we only have four starts, but if he would have started 16 games last year, he would have been he would have led the league in graded bad throws. And he only was on target with his throws 60% of the time. He wasn't he wasn't good in RPO. He wasn't good in in play action last year. Two of the biggest schemes in the NFL. The completions percentage isn't pretty. He can definitely move, get outside of the pocket. I mean, to put it in perspective, Carson Wentz, if he would have played 16 games, he would have graded out as the third worst in in bad throws. And I don't think this team has it this year. I think it's a rebuilding year. I mean, the, we can take some solace in the defense. Um, they weren't as bad as I th- as I think we wanted wanted to think, especially on uh, on passing. They were middle of the road in, in, in passing yards given up on defense and touchdowns. Uh, they led the league in penalties and penalty yards in 2020. They created a turnover on less than 10% of drives, only having 19 takeaways, which makes them 24th in the league, which is is very bad, and I feel like we haven't had a, a shutdown corner or a, or a corner who could force a turnover since Asante Samuel. I could be wrong, but that's what it seems like. The defensive line is sturdy, as I mentioned. Third in sacks with some of the fewest defensive play calls for blitzes. Second percentage of time a QB was pressured last year. You know, this team is is going to be interesting. I think you're a complete homer if you put money on them at plus 450. I don't hate you for it. I might follow you on that, but I mean, I would I would call myself a complete homer. I mean, I was pretty rough on the Cowboys and they could they could win the division, but I just don't see it. My pick is uh, is Washington plus 260. I think that has the best value for you. I think they're the most complete team. And I think Ron Rivera is just perfect for that team, for not only him coaching, but keeping Dan Snyder away from that team and, and out of the negotiations and out of the decisions and whatnot. They finally feel like they have an adult in, in the league offices. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's my two cents. Uh, very early, very, very early. We don't, even, we haven't been through training camp or whatnot and there's still some free agency decisions that needs to be made. But right now that's my outlook on the NFC East in terms of uh, from a gambling perspective. So like I said, let's get into Armani White, uh, up and coming rapper out of West Philadelphia. It's a really cool conversation for Monday. Um, I think you'll learn a couple of different things, kind of get a new perspective on, on, on what a creative kind of is like, especially in the rap game that you might not get, you know, on, on, on podcasts you, you listen to if you only listen to uh, sports podcasts. And like I said, I want to do this kind of stuff going forward, uh, not just highlighting all, you know, athletes and, and, and sports media personalities, but, but, you know, different people around the city and whatnot and kind of what makes Philadelphia great. And one of those things is the music scene. So without further ado, let's get into Armani White. But first, 3D PT, three-dimensional physical therapy, which I just learned they're on a dynasty run. They've won from 18, 19, 20, and they're going for a fourth title in a row, best of South Jersey. So are you tired of pretending that that nagging pain in your back, shoulder, or knee isn't really bothering you? You don't need to wait for a doctor's appointment, x-rays, pain pills. You can see a physical therapist like the pros do to help you get better, faster, stronger than you think. Three-dimensional physical therapy are the specialists in sports and orthopedic PT and get you moving again pain-free. 3D PT is owned by physical therapists, so not a hospital, not a physician group. Their only focus is getting you back to your best health possible, whether it's getting back to the gym, maybe golfing without pain. You get one-on-one time with a physical therapist and personalized care, and they have five locations in South Jersey. I told you they were voted best of South Jersey, and they would be voted best of Central, North, East Jersey if there's an East Jersey, but they haven't really uh, 
They haven't monopolized yet. Once they do, though, they're taking the crown. Three-dimensional physical therapy will get you moving again. Their info is linked below in the podcast description or visit 3dpt.com. Go schedule a consultation. Go get your body right. Barsky Diamonds. Visit barskydiamonds.com and use promo code FINE, P-H-I-N-E, for 10% off selected jewelry, $3,000 or less. Listen, Mother's Day is over. We know, but there's always a good time now with summer engagement season. There's weddings coming up. There's just because gifts. Those are the best for anybody. And maybe you didn't get your mom something you forgot. You know what's better than no present? A late present. Late presents are sometimes better. Barsky Diamonds is a family-owned business that's located on Jewelers Row, 724 Sampson Street. Big sign. Can't miss it. For over a century, they've been a Philadelphia tradition offering the best in value, quality, and customer service. None of their sales associates work on commission. That is very important. It makes their shop a no-pressure environment. That means you can just go in and just look at stuff. You, go, you, you do a business case, get back to me, and go around to all the jewelry stores around there and see how many are, are, are all up your ass while you're, uh, while you're searching for, for some diamonds or whatnot. This is a no-pressure environment. It's the best part about Barsky Diamonds. Besides their great custom pieces they make in store. So go to barskydiamonds.com and use the promo code FINE, P-H-I-N-E, for 10% off selected jewelry, $3,000 or less. All right, we welcome on West Philly rapper, Philly rapper, Armani White. Armani, thanks for coming on, man. What's good, bro? Thank you for having me. How are you, man? Like, do I introduce you as like up and coming rapper? Do I, 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 do I introduce you as like made it rapper? Like, where are we at in the journey right now? I feel like you should answer that. Bro, we never going to make it. We just going to keep <laughs> getting somewhere and then saying we need to get somewhere else. So, you know what I mean? Like up and coming, up and coming feel like you small as shit though. I'm not that, but like, yeah. it's, you know what I mean? Like by the time I, when I was this big, I wanted to be right here. When I was right here, I wanted to be right here. And now I'm right here. I want some other shit. So, you know, it's, it's always just going to be like this endless cycle of working and acting like you got where you need to be, but you really want to be somewhere else. You know, <laughs> I feel like, like once you go over a million plays on Spotify, like you, you're not really up and coming anymore. You're kind of like yeah, a next level. Right. And then you got a couple songs with over a million hits on Spotify. Yeah. Like what, what's that like? That I actually like interested in that because like, I'll be honest with you, my podcasts don't do a million hits. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Like, what's it like to see like, like seven figures? Bro, my first M I was like, wow. Like, <laughs> I said that like, and you know, sometimes it's not even, it might like a, a million plays might be like a hundred thousand people, 200,000 people. But I'm like, damn, y'all played that song that many times. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even listen to the song a million times. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So first time you did it, it, it was like, you know, I didn't think it was possible. Once after you think it's, you know, once you find out it's possible, it's like, it's not about, you know, uh, it's a cool, I forgot who said it, but it's like, it's not about getting them there. It's about bringing them back. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's like, okay, I did a million. Can I do it again? Yeah. How many more million can I get? You know what I'm saying? Can I do 10 million? Can I do 20 million? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of where I'm at now is like, okay, we did, we did two million on on a record, then we did two million on another record, then we did another million on something else, and I'm like, well, let me see eight figures, and I mean, like, like let me see what eight figures look like next to one of my songs, like that'd be pretty, you know what I mean? So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. When you when you release something, do you tell your buddies like, yo, run it up, like? Do you text your buddies and text your family and whatnot? Like, yo, make sure you tell everybody, all right? Yeah, I feel a way about that shit. Like, I, like <laughs> listen, I was at I was at Wawa one day. I was at Wawa one day because I, I used to be that nigga. Yo, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, come on, I just dropped the song. Woo, woo. But then like, I, I noticed how far I came when I was at Wawa one day and the guy was making my sizzly. He was like, um, what do you say? He, he said, uh, I don't know if y'all know what Wawa is. Yeah. A, <laughs> I can't even explain Wawa, but yeah. Wawa, the guy's making my sizzly. He walks over to the girl at the register and he says, yo, I dropped a song last night. I put it on your Facebook wall. And she was like, Oh, okay. I, I'll see you when I get a chance. He said, "Yeah, make sure you download that. You ain't download." He said, "Download it right now on your phone." And I'm like, "I could never be that guy, bro. I could never be that. <laughs> like that would kill me." So yeah, like for at this point, it's kind of like I just drop it. I'm more, I'm more uh, the type of person to tell the fans before I tell yeah. you know my friends and stuff because I would just hope that the friends like it if they like it. You know? Yeah. It, when you first were coming up, was that like tough for you? Because like with this podcast, it's relatively new. I'm I'm probably about a year, year and a half in, but like it's still weird promoting it to like your friends and stuff. Because like you don't want to, you don't want to feel like you're like making your friends listen to your podcast. Or you're making your friends listen to your song. Like is that right. something like 
you think that's more of a new thing with like social media and whatnot? We really don't have to do that because I feel like, you know, back in the nineties, like there wasn't many avenues except going on the street and selling your, and selling your CD. And now right. you've got social media. Well, well, so the only thing I do is for algorithm purposes. Like if I drop a, like I just did some things that went on, uh, it got, it got some love on, uh, on a uh, TikTok. And, um, <clears throat> and when I did it, I grabbed my homie phone. I said, let me see the phone. I, I dropped like three comments on there. I dropped three comments on there, and then after that, it, it did something with the algorithm that the video took off. The video it got some, yeah. it got some love. So like, I might do something like that, but uh, I know that a lot of my friends didn't necessarily. I won't say they didn't believe that I could do something, but they were just they didn't care. It was like, oh, like all right, yeah, like you know, you might do it, you might be successful, you might not. Who knows? Until it worked, and it was like, yo, you you doing it. You know what I'm saying? And then, so that's kind of when they, you know, when they jump in. So I don't, uh, I don't, I knew for a while I wasn't even making music that they liked. So I was like, I'm not about to force y'all to listen to my music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then y'all just doing it because I'm the homie, but y'all would never play this any other time. Like I was like, I'm going to feel a way about that. So, you know, so I was like, at, at that point I was like, well, I'd rather gravitated towards the people who actually enjoy this, who actually like this and actually is going to, you know, do something as far as like selling tickets. I mean, you know, buying, buying tickets and, buying t-shirts and all that, whatever it is, but because they want to, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it, it's funny like that where like, I feel like you have to prove to your friends like the most that like, you know, what I'm doing might not be good now, but like, it's going to be good one day. Like it is like, you know, with, with this podcast and whatnot, it's like, I don't want to make you listen, but like, I'm telling you, you know, I got some good guest song coming on. So like, you're going to start having to respect this and whatnot. And it's like, yeah. you, you put out a hit like grateful or wonderful. And you're like, you're going to have to start respecting this and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, well, who, who are your friends? Cause my friends are, bro, I'm super extrovert. Like I was the, mm-hmm. I was the boy that walked around a whole lunchroom. I ain't had one lunch table. You know what I'm saying? So um, nowadays I'm a little bit more reserved just cause I'm working all the time. But like my friends now is, is like, everybody in my band more or less, you know what I'm saying? Everybody who I work with in music. So who like, is, is anybody else that, you know, that you hang around do they understand what it, what it is? Like what it, you know, the, the, the circle's gotten tighter, I would say. Yeah. Like you, you just, I mean, you, you, you know how it is. You bog yourself down in such a creative process, 24, seven, 365 that like, if something negative comes in, it's like, you know, fuck you. I don't need, I don't, I don't need to, I'm already in my own head. I'm already my worst enemy. Like, I don't need your ass telling me I suck or what are you trying to do? You're just trying to be this person. You're trying to be that person. Or, you know, it's just like, and people don't understand. It's like, and this is why I got into it. I didn't want to sit behind a desk for 40 years and die. Like that's, that's what I tell people. And I feel like you're the same way. I read a couple interviews with you. You're like, I just felt like I was around a lot of dull colored people. Yes. I just wanted to be colorful and that's why you do what you do. And I thought that was awesome. Yes, sir. That's exactly what it was. I, um, I learned the hard way. I went to college. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I went to college too. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, like, and I, you understand, like my, my college experience was, um, I just, I, I applied for a bunch of schools that I knew wouldn't accept me. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'll put the, put it here. The Ivy league Rutgers. Like, I just did a whole bunch of schools. I knew wouldn't accept me. And my mom went on to write like majority of the, you know, the information. She did all this shit. Like I did one little comment at essay and she did anything else that had to do with school. And one day I remember going to Made in America the first year. Uh, and then I come back and she packed, because I graduate early. Like I graduated. Yeah, so, so she, I come back and I go back to the crib and my whole room is packed up in the trunk. And she like, yeah, come with me. Like, yeah. I'm like, where are we going? She dropped me off at college. That was it. <laughs> that was it, bro. And and I had to do that first year. And um, you went to you went to college after you were on, were at Made America. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, no. I was gonna say, I was like, damn. At the, my first time going to Made in America. Oh, I'm going to the concert itself, not not when you're on stage. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I went to I was, I played Made in America years later, but yeah. my first time going to Made in America, like after the weekend was over, it was like we had the best weekend of my life. Yeah. And then I wake up the next morning and my bags is packed. And it's like, yo, come take this ride with me <laughs> up to New Jersey. You're going to Rutgers. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, it was a culture shock, bro. Like I had to, you know, I had to kind of just just turn into this person. Like college, it, it, it tore me down, stripped away a lot of characteristics and creativity mm-hmm. for a while. So I had to, a lot of it after I left was just me rebuilding who I am or who I knew I was, you know what I'm saying? And kind of getting back to original essence of that so yeah but I, I at that point i like 
when I was just like, you know, I was in college, they just, they had these, there's a list of things you could be in your life. <laughs> like, just like this little small list of things you could be in your life. And that was it. And everybody had to pick from those things. And I was like, bro, I don't want to be none of this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I, I just, I didn't really, I didn't subscribe to the idea of people just doing things because they said that they were supposed to do that, you know, and, and they can't really live their dreams because somebody else said their dreams don't make sense. Mm, I ain't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, I want to get back to, so like you, you performed it made in America. Like you said, you performed at Red Rocks. You were with, you know, Big Sean, Big Crit featured mm-hmm. on, uh, Zane Lowe on, uh, on Apple beats. Is it the, is it beats one? Beats one. Yeah. yeah. And then the pandemic hits and like, you know, you guys obviously make money from streams, but you make a lot of your money from touring and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What the hell have you been doing? <laughs> um, bro, I, I got, I rebounded crazy and I'm so happy. I'm so nice. Blessed, grateful for it. Um, I rebounded crazy on, a lot of sync work. I got a lot of syncs over the pandemic. What's um, that mean? So syncs are like, uh, if you're watching, I don't know, like, what TV show do you watch? Uh, like Sports Center, or something like that, or like. Yeah. Well, okay, not <laughs> like a, like an actual TV show. Say you're watching like, uh, Power or Snowfall. Okay. You're watching Snowfall, and then in the background you just hear back up in this one more game. It feel like this my type of day, my type. You're like, oh, that's Armani song. That's a sync. Yeah. So I made a lot of my money off of those things. I got the first one I got was the shy uh, with Lena Waithe. Oh yeah, and then um, and it just kind of snowballed into that. I did a commercial with GoDaddy. Um, it was just a lot of commercial sync like that kind of work that just came out of nowhere. And I was like, wow, you saved my life. <laughs> and I did a, I did some thing with Panera Bread too. That was cool. Um, what did you yeah, do Panera Bread? It was like like they asked me to do a what is it souffle yeah there's some souffle thing that they, they put on a menu they asked me to write a song about it so uh, uh yeah i did like it was just a lot of that kind of work that came in over the pandemic and i was like yeah bro i ain't doing nothing else yeah. <laughs> you know i mean you're also on uh an nba like instagram live with, with vic oladipo for a little bit yes 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 vic oladipo yeah that's my guy um we did we yeah we did a lot of those uh because we were at the time we were prepping up for <clears throat> we were we did a uh, like a little instagram live concert mm-hmm. run um, we did an Instagram live concert run at first. It was just like just us. And then, you know, the NBA reached out and they were like, Hey, like we really love what you're doing. Like we want to do this with, uh, you know, we started kind of a concert run too. So we wanted to pair you and Vic up and, uh, Vic, that's my guy now, but, um, we paired that up and we started doing, you know, we started to do those things together. Um, because I guess at the time we didn't think the pandemic was going to last as long. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like, two weeks pegged, and then yeah, we exactly. like, "Oh, a little month vacation." I bet, like, you know what I'm saying? So we we did that, and the plan was um, the plan was a uh, uh, to do that, and then kind of turn it into like a live activation, like some you know something in real life or in, in person. And then another month went by, and another month went by, and then, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, all right, maybe that don't make sense to do, but. Yeah, we just did a lot of cool stuff during the pandemic, bro. I just I just stayed busy and I didn't think I was going to, but you know. Did this kind of show you like different avenues of how to make money and stuff? Like these just came out of nowhere. Like that was that must have been like one of the best parts about it. Sure, bro. Because like while tour is like, you know, how we make a lot of money. Um I was running around the world, I was running over galaxy. I was here, 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 here. And then I was spending so much money on tour. It was like, yeah, I'm making a lot of money, but am I making a lot of money? Like, <laughs> I'm just paying taxes on a lot of money, right? I'm never getting this. Like, so, so I got to make a lot of money from the crib, not having to run around the whole galaxy. Like, I was, you know, like even when I did the commercial, bro, I did. I'm the same seat that I'm sitting in right now talking to this interview. I did a commercial from, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, I got to do a lot of stuff from the crib that I didn't think. You know that wasn't possible before um, before the pandemic, just because everybody was kind of scrambling trying to figure out how they yeah. gonna make, you know how they gonna make this at home uh, remote life anything like real life. You know what I'm saying? And I guess it kind of goes back to like you're still independent, right? Yes, sir. What what made you choose to be independent and not sign with a record label? And then you know why did you really choose that? Um. So I, originally it was just like. I had this idea that I was like, man, I can own everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I can, I was like, man, if I can, you know, I would look at all the record label splits and be like, man, if they take this big fraction of the pie out. Um, I could just like, if I found out how they did it and I just found out the mechanics of how to break a record, I could do exactly that. 
and then keep the old buying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was like, well, why, why not do it that way rather than uh, just like, you know, taking 18% of the buy? Like, you know, that's, that's what a record label, the standard record label is. It's like, you get 18%, they get 82. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, Damn, yeah. you get 18%, they get 82? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Standard. If you get a good one, you might get you might get 18. Like maybe sometimes you might get 16, 15, something like that. But Damn. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's bad. So I said, well, why, why do that when I can, um, you know, just do it myself? And so uh, I did it myself for so long and, until one day, it, you know, like I started to kind of think about it. And I was like, maybe I should do a record label. Right and I had a really good opportunity to sign with a record label, um, but I didn't have a team. I didn't have a team at the time. Like it was like a lot of popularity going on. A lot of things just bubbling and everything. And uh, there was no, like, they was like, yo, like who's doing all this stuff for you? And I was like, bro, it's just me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it was just me. And um, and so they, uh, my bad for the light. But I was like, yeah, like it was just me. So they, um, you know, they had to, they like, they, they kind of helped out in a sense of saying like, well, look, we're going to fall back. You go figure out your team situation and then let's come back, reconvene and things. But even then, I was just like, you know, like a lot of the stuff, it just made sense to do by myself. Uh, I was uh, um, the last record I put out, Keep In Touch. It was kind of like a dedication and ode to my father. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that that it feels good to own something that is, you know, that, that you know, that meant something so sentimentally to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, but like, I don't know who's to say that, you know, maybe the right deal comes around yeah. and it's not 82%, it's not 82% to 18 and, and a lot of other things, then maybe we might be able to have a good conversation and, and see where that goes. But yeah. So you kind of, you kind of thought like, all right, if it takes me two years and I sign with a record label, great. But if it takes me four years and I got to keep my masters and I get to keep hundred percent of the pie, I'll do that. And then if I got two albums to show for it, then we'll talk or, or something like that. Right. And I like working on my own time, bro. I like being able to just jump up and throw something out, jump up, throw something out and then, you know, and be able to have, my team ready and able at my disposable is my, my disposal. And rather than like, you know, having to work on someone else's schedule or like, ah, now nah, we got, you know, we're working with this person, we're working on pushing this record. So you got to stand behind him. You know, I just thought about a lot of those things. And I thought, you know, I thought about like the idea of, I was like, if I want to go to a record label, I want to go to a record label at a point where I'm like, Ah, now I'm up here. Like this is my altitude. You know what I'm saying? So y'all got y'all got to speak to me like I'm up here, and not speak to me like y'all up here, and I'm somewhere mm-hmm. below that. You know, so um, yeah, it just it, at the times, it, it, a lot of times when I had those conversations, it either the partner didn't make sense or the position didn't make sense. Um, did did you ever go to any of the A and R meetings or like the record label meetings? I saw this video the other day. I think the rapper's name is is Gashi or something. Gashi, Gashi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And he was ah, dancing. me. Oh god! He was just dancing around with a bunch of goofy music execs and just going nuts to this hard ass song. And these goofy dudes are just like bopping back and forth. That was the most uncomfortable video I've ever seen. About have you had to do that? That seems ridiculous. Nah, I I want to say you either do that. I'm guessing that the, that you do that on signing day or something to like to hype the team up. I don't know, but. Ah, you see the video? Huh? You seen the video? Yeah, I saw the video. I, oh that, my god! They did a similar one with um, who did it? Bobby Smurda did it. Uh, okay. prior to that, and I like, I like a lot. Every time I see it, I'm just like, ah, this just don't, it don't sit well on my heart, bro. But, but you know, I mean, like to each his own. I just, I know for me, I yeah, <laughs> and it's nothing on Gashy. It's just the, it's just the record execs just sitting there bobbing their head like these guys don't care about this. They don't listen to this music. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, I don't know, like, for me, it it, it feels like, I don't want to sound racist. It feels like a, like a, like, it's like a dance, coon dance. Like, like, it's, like it's, one it's of them a goofy, type. it's a goofy collective of dudes. And it's just yeah, like. Yeah, right. It's like a bunch of, it's a bunch of old white guys in suits. And they're like, <laughs> like, like, not in Gashi's situation, because Gashi's not like black, but like, uh, in a lot of other scenarios, because it's not, it's not just Shmurda, it's not just Gashi. It's like, this happens all oh, the yeah. time you bring them in. Uh, I think if the pandemic wasn't happening, they'd still be doing this, like, you know, frequently. Um, and so I think they're, like, I don't know, it's just something that feels, like, real, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I just can't, I can't. Like, dance for me. Dance yeah, for me. Yeah. Like, sell yourself to me. It's like, yeah. what are you talking about? Am I talented or not? Like, that's what I kind of feel like. And it's like, and you're, you're doing this constant, like, sell to people, not with just, like, your music and whatnot, but then when they meet you and you're like, I got talent, bro. I got, like, 
I go in, I go in offices and we play records for sure. And like, yeah. I might, I might rap the record. Like I might like, you know, get into it, like, you know, kind of start rapping over the record, whatever, whatever. But I will never be jumping on tables or running <laughs> around the room and all that. It's just like, that's, that's me as a person for sure. That's me yeah. on stage, but there's stages for that. There's not, you know what I mean? It's not an office. It's not a, you know what I'm saying? So that's just me, me personally, it's nothing against the people who do it, but I know me personally, I don't sit right with my spirits. <laughs> Bro, I hear you. If I had to go in and start dancing on tables and stuff just to sell myself, I'd be like, I think this is the wrong label. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> like, I'm going to get about your way, man. Yeah. I ain't even worried about I'll it. I'll stay independent for a couple more years. Right, right. Music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, t- tell me about Red Rocks. I, I've been there one time. I never saw a concert. I just went there. Was that your favorite place you ever performed? It just looks like it would be the most amazing place to have a concert. So you know what? Listen, let me let me start, let me preface this by saying right. the other day I got a friend um, named Blake, and Blake just moved to Colorado. If she doesn't live there now, she's like all she's there all the time. Yeah. But she's always snowboarding, and everybody I know went snowboarding this year. So I'm like, damn, I really gotta go snowboard. Like this should look cool as hell. And it's not it's not like that. I almost I almost like torn like broke my ankle last time I snowboarded. Yeah, I'm, I, well, I, I heard it's dangerous, but yeah. it just looks fun. So. I'm telling my homie on the phone, I'm like, bro, I got to go snowboarding. And he tells me, he says, but wait, don't you got asthma? I said, what the fuck? What am I talking about? You're right. What am I talking about? I'm going snowboarding, bro. And I thought about, I thought about that because when I went to Red Rocks, oh man, I was killed. Like I, like I, I, I had to borrow somebody else's like unused inhaler before I went on stage. And I was just like, <laughs> just like kept on squeezing and shit. By the time I got on stage and off stage, the shit was like damn near done. I had like maybe twenty pumps left because I yeah, it's such a high altitude, yeah. so like it's cool and it looked cool as hell. But yeah. we're gonna stay we're gonna stay closer to sea level now. Yeah, what they told me what they told me was if you go if you go and do it again, um, do it. You got to go for like two days before, three yeah. days before, something like that. Just get used to the air level, mm-hmm. the, the pressure, and all this shit. Then then you can go do whatever it is you want to do. If you're doing high intensity training or whatever, like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's more or less what I was doing. I was up there on the stage doing jumping jacks, running around, up on, ah, ah, like all that. So, um, so yeah, but the show, the show was cool as hell. Um, my thing is my favorite, my favorite ever show uh, is probably 930 Club on Event Staples Tour. Um, that was just a really good night. And Where was that at? Uh, it's in D.C. D.C. Okay. So, um that was a really good night at uh, nine thirty club. We did two nights. We did two sold out nights, and um, and it really I like. I guess I picked that over uh, Red Rocks because it's not as much interaction and engagement. It's like it's like imagine going to like a prof- like uh, one of them um, lecture halls where like the seats kind of stack up like mm-hmm. that, but just times three hundred because the shit goes up. You know what I mean? It's ten thousand people in there, but you can't really engage or interact with any of those 10,000. It just look like a sea of people. And then when you tell them, put their lights up, then it's like, it's just a sea of lights. Like it's not really, I don't know. It just, you know, it doesn't really seem real. So you like more intimate clubs. You feel like yeah, not even like, I just, I just want to be able to engage with the people who I'm mm-hmm. talking to. You know what I mean? I, that's when I, the way I make the songs is like, I make them to be communicated with, you know, people with shit like that. So I don't know, but Red Rocks was cool. So I'm not taking anything away from that. <laughs> I want to talk to you about grateful. Now, it's it's an uplifting song in terms of like the beat and whatnot, and then you like dive into the lyrics. You're like, man, this is it's kind of sad. So like, yeah. talk to me, talk to me about the uh, how you how you created Grateful. That was your first uh, single of 2021, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, with Grateful, it was um, it was the idea of it's is a word that I always like when I was in middle school. It's called Pyrrhic, and it means um. Pyrrhic means successful with many losses. And it's more or less like, you know, sometimes it's like, I, I, you know, one way to look at it is like, I won, but was worth what I had to give up. And, you know, and a lot of times, so I was thinking about that when I was uh, writing Grateful was like, yeah, I'm successful. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm doing this. I'm living my dreams out. But I'm thinking about all the things that like, that came along the way with living my dreams out. All the shit that I had to like, just, push through, power through, pick it up and keep moving and act like, oh, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like, you know, from from my father passing to my mom being in the hospital the same year to um, to uh, um, the really big point in the, in the story or in the song was uh, it's a story I never really talk about is um when we had a house fire when I was a kid and my aunt and cousins passed away in it. And so um, that was like the first time I ever touched on that 
in a song, especially like when we had our own house fire last year, it kind of all just tied everything up. Um, you know, it made everything come full circle. That was what inspired the songs. Yeah. We had the house fire last year. And uh, and then from that house fire it turned into a, it just turned into a rough legal situation. That's like still, yeah, yeah it's just, you know, it's, it's tedious, but, um, but yeah, like that, that, I guess for that song, it was like, I, I know, <clears throat> I know I'm not the only one that needs, a lot of times, like, I know I'm not the only one that needs like a mood booster or needs like, you know, needs some sort of uplifting. So I make songs like Wonderful. I make songs like Tomorrow, mm-hmm. and et cetera. But then I'm like, I know I'm not the only one who's down and needs reminding that they're doing something good or needs a reminder that they're on the right path. So I make things like Grateful, you know what I'm saying? Or like Thanksgiving. I feel like it was kind of living the same vein where it's like, you still have something to be proud of, even though, you know, you're going through whatever it is you're going through right now. So obviously some of your hits are, are wonderful, are grateful, are Danny Mac and, and whatnot. Like one of my favorite ones, which I don't feel like is on your top five Spotify when you go deeper into it is, is tomorrow. tomorrow like, yeah. how, how do you know, how do you know when you have like a hit and like, did you have like a hit that you thought was going to be a hit one time and it just kind of not necessarily flopped, but didn't do exactly what you thought it was going to do. Um, well, first of all, recipes Kelly Portis. He's the one who made that beat. Oh, really? um, and I guess you know, like there, there's a way you kind of uh, chemically put it together when you're like, "Oh shit, I might have a hit." And it's like you know, you know, you know when the hook hits a certain way. Yeah. You know when you say something in the verse that you're like, "Oh, they're gonna resonate with that." So let me drop the beat right here. Like you know, it's, it's certain ways that you treat it when you. Um, it might not be like. It might not be the recipe for a hit, but it's the recipe for like a good record. And so, you know, when you have that and then you know when you're making a record that you're just like, I, you know, I just want to make a record for myself or I want to make a record, you know, that that's more introspective or whatever it is. But um, Kelly, Kelly, uh, he made he made my first two records that ever like did anything on the Internet. Mm-hmm. It was the record uh, Stick Up mm-hmm. and this other one, Young Adults, that never made it to like DSPs or anything. But um he made those two records and then we had just been talking for years about making another one. And I would just send him sample at the sample at the sample at the sample. And then one day he put like a little, little beat, little break beat on this sample um, that I had found. And I was like, damn, it's hard. So like I got the drums lined up. I got like the trumpets lined up, whatever. And I sent it back to him. And then we just start back and forth and on a bunch of stuff that's inside the beat. Like we put like this little choir on it. We put like, you know, I'm queuing all this up at the studio and, um, I don't know. Like we, we didn't, I know I, when I made it, it was still kind of introspective. I didn't think of it like all the way like hit because of certain things I would have did differently. I might not have rapped it fast or whatever, but I was like, damn, this is a solid record. Like this, it feels good. It breathes energy. It breathes life in the record. It's like, you know, it feels like I was trying to make albums with every song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wanted every song to feel like an album. So I was like, damn, this feel like I just woke up like, all right, you know, I'm ready to do the day. So um yeah it, but it really goes into like the science of when you're making it you just kind of you kind of do little sprinkles and add little things around it that's going to make it stand out a little more for tomorrow going back to what you're saying like once you know i made it by myself you say i made it by myself like that's one where you're just like throwing your hands i can see like at a party and whatnot just going nuts like it's yeah, just yeah. a great start to a song that just like envelopes the whole meaning of the whole song yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i appreciate that yeah uh I had a um there was a it was a video I saw on Tumblr that yeah. like uh it kind of it kind of read like when I made that when I did that I did it by myself. I was like somebody had it was making a beat on Tumblr at the time. This is years ago, and I was like rapping to the beat they was making on Tumblr. And that was when I got made that line. But uh but I know yeah, and then later on it just ended up rolling over into tomorrow. But yeah, no, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean I, that's one where like you're on a Saturday and you just crack the first beer and you're with your buddies and you're just like throw that one on and let's, let's have a go out back and have a party. Yeah. <laughs> um, so your style, I think it's, it's, it's really different. Cause like, I look at you like on, on tomorrow, I kind of get like a chance to rapper like 10 day mixtape kind of, and then like wonderful. It's like more soulful R and B and whatnot. And then like New York city windows, like got a little Andre 3000 vibe to it. Okay. <laughs> like you, you kind of play with your styles and whatnot. Like, do you, do you bite styles from other guys or like, do you, you have your own style and it's just kind of like you hear things you're like, all right, maybe I should start like, you know, rapping like that. Like, how do you go into it kind of on those songs or other songs? I never heard somebody ask someone, do they bite styles? That's hilarious. I, know, I, I, <laughs> I didn't know if you're going to yell me for that or not. 
<laughs> hey, you be biting, bro, like by any chance. Like, <laughs> Listen, everybody that's coming from North Philly has been biting Meek Mill for about 10 years now, so. That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Nah, um, the thing is, I'm going to be honest with you. Somebody told me I, I sounded like 100,000, and I was never – ever influenced by 100,000. Like, I never listened to him growing up. Um, like, I listened to Outkast, obviously. Yeah. I didn't really, like, I didn't really tune in, tune into the love below until I was maybe, like, old, like, high school, college. I agree 100%. I was the same way. I got on the 100,000. Like, I like the Hey Mom, whatnot, the ones that, like, went mainstream. Right, right, right. But not, like, yeah. the deep stuff. Like, Bro, I didn't, you see, my thing was, I felt like, Outcast was such a perfect balance because it was like for me growing up, I like Big Boy. I was like Big Boy can rap real fast. He sounds like it say sounds cool anytime he gets on the beat. And I'm like Andre 3000 is like it's a little slower. But then when I grew up, I liked Andre 3000 and I liked him a lot more than Big Boy. I was like ah, he's just rapping fast. <laughs> so um, so I guess like like they they was they had a perfect balance and duality to each other. But uh, for me, I didn't yeah I didn't listen to uh, Andre 3000 up until maybe yeah like. 20 I don't know like, like it, it, was, it was a while though and I wasn't yeah. I wouldn't say I was directly influenced by him I think I listened to a lot of um I listened to a lot of uh, uh jazz I listened to a lot of James Brown I listened to a lot of like singing and soul soul music so the only time I feel like I'm really really influenced by an artist like a like a hip-hop artist is uh when I'm making if I'm making the beat so like uh, uh I listened when we were making wonderful um, I think there was a lot of, you know, we just was listening to a lot of trumpets and stuff like that. Anyway, we, was on, we were on tour with a trumpet player and then, uh, the homies brass tracks and stuff like, like it was just a lot of trumpets going on in music at the time and on top of chances stuff. And, um, so it was like, there might've been like a third party influence in that point. And, uh, um, on top of it, we had, uh, my guy JP, who was a part of the social experiment. He was, um, he was involved in a lot of the records. So there's like, there could have been like a third party influence for sure, but, um, nowadays I might be influenced a little bit more by hip hop just because I'm just trying stuff. Like yeah. I'm just having fun at this point. Like when I'm making, when I'm trying to make this project or make what is me or what's supposed to sound like me or whatever, I'm really like zoned in on how I want it to sound. And I'm like, nah, I can't take any outside influence. I don't want to sound too yeah. much like that or that. But right now when I'm not really in project mode and I'm just like, I want to make something. It's like, man, like what's, what's hot right now. And I'm like, ah, that is kind of hard. And I take it and just, you know, I take it and I manipulate it so much that before I even start writing lyrics, it sounds nothing like whatever it is that they just made. It's just, it might be like slightly influenced by it. Um, just because I do, you know, like the way I, t I try to go onto a record is completely different from anything else. You know what I'm yeah. saying? What, what's the Philly music scene like right now? Like obviously North is Northwest is where you're from and you got a different, you got a different sound and went out South Southwest got a different sound. Like what's the, what's the scene like right now? Like I'm from, I'm from West. I'm not from North at all. You're from West, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But, um, but uh, it's a lot of bro. It's, it's a lot of what you say. It's a lot of like stuff that sound like me. It's a lot of stuff that sound like, it's a lot of, it still sound down South. It still sound like down South out here or, uh, or like, Matter of fact, I'm sorry, I take that back, I take that back. It doesn't sound like down south. It sounds very drill right now. Mm. Very, like, like Philly is very uh, Chicago influenced right now, um, which isn't bad because they kind of put their own little spin on it and it sounds dope. But um, I don't know, like, I'm excited to see what cuts through because, um, you know, there there are still, like, a few standalone standalones and standouts. There's me, there's Tierra, there's... Tierra, yeah, that's one I like. Yeah, like, like, but, you know, and there there are a couple standalones that don't sound like what's going on, mm -hmm. like, on the nucleus of Philly, but for the most part, niggas is rapping about shooting niggas, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, and, and that's, that's the Philly scene. I've been the Philly scene for, you know, since I was born, so it's going to be the Philly scene for at least, like, you know, for the next couple years. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, Right now, I do think, though, it's more people from Philly that's doing something big in the world than I feel like it ever's been. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like from the people we just named, uh, Pink Sweats, P&B Rock, or, or, or I, I think I said Uzi already. Like, it's a lot of people from Philly right now. Even Lil Dicky. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's uh, doing something, in, you know, doing something in some world that has, that's like, you know, perpendicular parallel to hip-hop music and does yeah. philly claim lil dicky you guys claiming lil dicky now 
So Philly, Philly, Philly don't claim it when it's like you just said about the podcast. Philly don't claim it when it's not working. <laughs> when it's when it start working, they like, hey, oh damn, but he's from here though. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but he grew up in Jenkintown. He went to Cheltenham High. He ain't from there. He's from, yeah, yeah, no, he's from no. over Ogons. Right, right, right. So, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know anybody that's like outwardly like championing Lil Dicky. But yeah. I think if if the conversation came up, nobody's going to argue you and be like, yeah, but he ain't even really from here because. Yeah, I mean, shit. it's like it's it just you know it, it really go boil down to like okay, well, what is the people that are from here, from here, doing for the city? And if if a nigga that's from like the outskirts that's actually still putting it on his back and running with it, like he won't be mad about that nigga. We claim Iverson. He from Virginia. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What is you talking about? You know what I mean? But you know, how awesome was that Sixers campaign that you got to do? That was cool, bro. I'm trying to get them to do some other shit, man. I'm trying to get floor seats. I'm trying to run out on, 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 on <laughs> for the playoffs. I'm to run out on the court, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm trying. I'm, uh, we talking about doing some other activations um, right now, and so so it ain't just like some you know some Instagram stuff, but we can do some actual like real stuff with the Sixers. Maybe like do a song with them because they like <laughs> revamp that that old ass song that they be running out to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, some no, but uh, but but yeah, we you know I'm just having conversations and seeing with it. I'm not going. Um, I got my fingers crossed on that right now, but it's still a good joint. They they everybody um is cool over there. Everybody's yeah. glad to meet. So yeah, ain't the biggest fan of ten nine eight seventy sixers. It's a little old school. Yeah, because uh, I, I don't know. Everybody else coming out with some heat, bro, and I, I you can't run out with the <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, sixers like. <laughs> You know, but yeah, if I if I could revamp that, uh, that that'd be a blessing. That would be a blessing. <laughs> in the uh, in the Danny Mag video, mm-hmm. you almost bust your ass out of that Tesla. Nah, bro, they was they was cooking me for that, and it was that was honestly that was the first take. That was the no uh, way. That was the first take, bro. We was we wasn't even honestly, we wasn't even going to shoot it. We were on our way to the edge of that little area. We was driving, and I had opened the door. And I was like, yo, can you open this while we drop? And I, I, I pushed the door up. I said, record, record. <laughs> and, and we just had it because we, we weren't even supposed to get it like that. We were supposed to do a drone shot just riding around with the car like that. But then after that, it just worked. And I jumped out of it. And then he, he's like, circle the block. Like, if I, if I drop the open, the real audio or the video, you can hear the cameraman like, yo, circle the block. Yo, no, keep rolling, keep rolling. It's good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it was a, it, like, uh, uh, that was a funny joint. That was, that was crazy how that happened. And it, and it worked because it went all over the internet. Snoop Dogg seen it and everything. So, it was a dirty shot. I'll tell you that, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I'll do one more before I get you out of here. Get you on your day. Do you want a TikTok sound? That people make a dance to is that like the goal right now? Bro. That goes like insanely viral, like a like an old town road. Bro, TikTok is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok, listen, listen. Let me tell you something. It was a uh, I got this song called Jasmine. I did with my homie Carney, and um and uh, uh Jasmine. One day, like anytime somebody does anything, anytime like a, a, a NBA team plays my song, like anytime they play tomorrow with one of the campaigns. Uh, a fan will always send it to me. And so I always reach out and be like, yo, thank y'all for using it. But I never see this stuff myself. I always, you know. Um, so a fan sends me a video one day and he's like, yo, uh, TikTok. Like it was a TikTok video and it was like somebody saying like song you need to listen to for the day. And I was like, oh, word, let me reach out and tell the guy thank you. And so I sent him, he said, thank you. He said, yeah, man, I'm glad that I can spike the numbers for you. I said, spike the numbers? What are you talking about? <laughs> I said, what are you talking about, spike the numbers? I go look at my Spotify for artists, bro. The song shot up 300,000 streams in like two days. Damn. I said, nah. I said, I said, this TikTok shit is unreal, bro. <laughs> like, like, this TikTok shit is unbelievable. So at that point, I said, what the fuck am I on anything else for if I'm not yeah. on TikTok? Like, you know what I'm saying? So... I ain't gonna lie, like I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sell myself out. I feel like if you go in there and you tell people to dance, do a pop and like lock or whatever, whatever it is, yeah. then that's the equivalent of uh, jumping on them on them tables in that office. Like, you know, I'm not gonna coon out all the way, but if I can make a record, I won't say that it's far from where where my thoughts is right now. If I can make a record that people can make a dance to, or that people. Yeah. Because, what, what music should be or it is and should be is not only something that you should feel, it should be the soundtrack to your life. Soundtrack to your everyday life, whether it is that you're doing dishes, you're doing laundry today, walking to the store, it's the soundtrack to your everyday life. So if 
that song is something that makes you feel something that makes you want to move, makes you want to dance, get up and whatever, then you're doing something, you're on the right track. So I wouldn't outrule it the same way people used to outrule auto-tune and now everyone uses auto-tune, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's funny. Yeah, like I, I'd much rather, before before I try to go against the machine, I'm gonna play with it, I'm gonna work with it and, and see what I can get out of it. So yeah, I, I'm not gonna say I'm like, I'm just sitting down like, okay, yeah. nah, they're gonna dance to that. Ooh, that's dope, I can break that down. But I will say like, you know, if I find a sound that goes really well with it, yeah, that's that's in the cards for sure. <laughs> You're not reaching out to like TikTok stars and be like, yo, this song is my slap on a couple yeah, dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> well, bro, a TikTok, um, the market's so crazy on TikTok. Somebody reached out to me and was like, hey, um, you know, this is this uh some some TikTok guy. He does this many views a video. Um, if you want, he'll dance to your song for two thousand dollars. Bro, I don't even know you. <laughs> How you pull up in my email asking me to pay you for something? Like, I said, yeah, this seems kind of backwards. But, uh, but, but yeah, nah. Like, I, uh, if if we can get that rolling, then for okay. sure that rolling. However it looks, like if it's a dance, if it's a call to action, if it's a whatever it is, some sort of challenge, then I, I definitely got a team in the works is making something happen on that side. But uh, yeah, because <laughs> TikTok is a beast, bro. TikTok is crazy. As the uh, as the pandemic's opening up, you got anything you want to promote? You got new music coming out or any tour dates or whatnot scheduled? Um, I haven't uh I haven't locked in any tour dates right now, um, which is a <clears throat> which I won't I won't even lie, it's a good thing for me because one thing the pandemic helped me get back to was making music. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying? like in 2019, I, I toured from literally December 2018 to October 2019. You know, what I'm saying, and then like took maybe a month break and I was back on the road and then the pandemic happened. So, and I know if it didn't happen, I would have been kind of in that vicious cycle of just, I didn't even get to make any music. So um, it's really been useful because I've been able to make so much music and during the pandemic. And uh, now the plan at this point is rolling it out. There's two projects that we lined up, um, two completely different sounds. One that's more like uh, geared towards everything that happened with the house fire and grateful stuff like that. And then there's one that's just kind of me going back to the essence of, you know, just having fun, just, you know, just making happy music or happy, happy hood music. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, right now that's just me lining those up and just putting out more and more content. Also, I just did that TikTok where I was a pastor and Chloe Bailey just seen it. Chloe Bailey just seen it. And I think I'm about to start my pastor career on TikTok. <laughs> so, yeah, bro, honestly, it's just content, having fun. Like just doing whatever fucking fun shit I want to do yeah. throughout the day because yeah, people take life too seriously, man. And the pandemic showed you anything, it's like this shit could be gone. <laughs> you know? Where can uh, where can people follow you on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter? Armani White is where you find me on anything music related, like the brand, like the color. Armani Blanco is where you find me on anything social media related, like the brand, like the color, but in Spanish. <laughs> and uh, yeah, bro, listen to Danny Mac, listen to Grateful, um, listen to Keep in Touch. If you like, yeah, listen, listen to Wonderful if you want to want your mood boosted. Um, yeah, and watch some videos. I need to get my YouTube popping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that video with Flip, that was really well done. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that, was, that, that was interesting. My man almost broke his camera doing that when he dropped. <laughs> but thank you, bro. Thank you. I really appreciate that. That was a hard video. Uh, one more, one more for you. Um, music videos with with being independent and everything. Like you're on your own. So like, how do you film that stuff? Like Stick Up. I think you had a good story. Uh, how you guys film that, bro? Um, so Stick Up. There was a guy that hit me up. I was maybe like 17 at the time when we did stick up or something. Um, and uh, there was a guy who, he had a camera. Um, he, he said the only way to do it is with a with this like crane camera and it's going to cost at least $2,000 just to get the camera. Then on top of whatever he charges for the video. I ain't got that kind of money. <laughs> so I, I bought a whole bunch of homies from the neighborhood and I got my guy. Um, we actually bought a steady cam and we broke it the same day. So uh, we got it. We, we bought, but we had a tripod and we got a tripod and we held, we put a five pound weight on one side of the tripod and taped it. And then my man held the camera on the other side of the tripod. We used that as a steady cam. And I just told my homie, walk backwards. And he said, like, just walk. I said, I'm going to have somebody behind you that's watching you, making sure you don't bump into nothing. Just walk backwards. And then we did everything. And, you know, we did everything homegrown. I had my little brother in the video. I had my, uh, one of my, like, my other homies from church. We was, like, you know, tossing guns around and putting niggas in trunks and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, it just, it was just in its natural essence of, like, 
my my entire career has just been a living testimony of I'm one person you cannot tell no. Because if you tell me no, I'm going to figure, whatever it is I ask you for, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do it, how I need to get it done, and I'm going to do it. Like, you know, so might as well just say yes. <laughs> we can do it together. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, with videos, that's, it's really just like, it's very homegrown. We find people, we find the people who we trust that can do it, and we get it done. You know what I'm saying? Highest quality. Life an independent artist, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Go follow Armani Blanco on Twitter and Instagram and, and TikTok. You on Armani Blanco? You keep that all. Everything social media is Armani Blanco. Armani White. Go yeah. go get those streams up. Run those streams up. Run those streams up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Thank you. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that podcast. Thanks so much to Armani White. If you get a chance, subscribe to us, rate us, review us. It really helps a lot of people kind of find the podcast. Just want to thank you guys always uh, for the support. You know, I know we've I switched hands. I turned the whole thing around, rebranded and whatnot. And a lot of you stuck with me. And I just want to say I really appreciate that. Um, like I said, rate, review, subscribe. It really helps people find the podcast that that haven't you know found it yet. Tell your friends. That's the easiest way. Uh, for people to find it. And I'll talk to you next time.